We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. This is the Bart Winkler Show. Good to be with you Friday. Friday, everybody. Uh, March 3rd. Wow. So, yesterday, you know, sometimes things happen in your career that you're not expecting. As you know, I or maybe you don't know, but I worked at 1250 AM The Fan for many years. Our uh, station went bye-bye. And... I've been doing this podcast since September of last year, 2022. Tonight, I was on for an hour, 97.3. I can't believe it. And I'll be back on there tonight, 97.3. And this weekend, 97.3, the fan in San Diego, one of the CBS Sports Radio affiliates uh, that pick us up. So it's good to be on 97.3, the fan in San Diego had a good time again, filling in for Zach Gelb. I've been doing some CBS fill-ins a little bit more as of late lately. There is an interview. I'm going to play a snippet of at the end of today's podcast. So I do these interviews sometimes, and I, I really want to be clear about this. I'm not just throwing them on these podcasts to like get to a certain length or appease because I could do this, probably be a forty-five minute podcast without the interview that I'm going to play, and that's fine. But I'm just going to—if you missed it, that's why I tag it at the end. Because if you heard it, just skip it. And if you missed it, well, I want to bring it to you, and I want to bring this one to you because I talked to uh, at outside the NBA. He works for CBS Sports. Real name is James Herbert, and we talked some NBA. Okay, he, he covers the NBA, so we talked some NBA, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And at the end, I kind of like I kind of started to take my Nikola Jokic aggressions out on him. I don't think Nikola Jokic should be the MVP. We talked about this with Eric Name. I think you can easily give it to Embiid this year. I think Giannis should get it, but it shouldn't be Jokic. For 40 years, we never gave a guy an MVP three times in a row. Now we're going to do it for Nikola Jokic. And that's basically what I told this guy who is on board team Nikola Jokic getting the MVP. So his name is James Herbert. I've never talked to him before, but he was a good sport about it. And I am going to bring that to you at the end of this show to wrap up the week. Short week here as I came back from Phoenix. Uh, I had a good time, like I said, with the family. And good to be back in the saddle. Watched a couple of games. 
on Thursday night. As I was doing Gelb's show, I was watching the Milwaukee game. I love that they played it at the Klotschke Center. I love that they played it on campus. Uh, you would think that it would be better for them to do it more, but I love that they did it there, sold out the place. They're in the quarterfinals of the Horizon League tournament. They are moving on to Indy. They did win. Milwaukee won. They beat Wright State. And like a like a real idiot, uh, I don't have the score in front of me. But I do now. And they won 87 to 70. So Milwaukee getting the win. I went to turn on the game right away. I turned it on a couple minutes late. It was 15 to 2. So the game really was not in doubt. And a big win for Milwaukee. They move on, like I said, in the Horizon League tournament. Uh, I have who they're going to play here, uh, but I actually don't. And I'm going to look that up right now. I have no idea when their next game is. I I sat down. I the A bulk of this podcast I recorded Thursday afternoon. But I sat down here at night to just because I wanted to make sure I had the results of Milwaukee and uh, and the Badgers. We'll get to that in a second. And I thought I was prepared, and I'm totally not prepared. I've, I I actually have no idea when they play again. Jeez. All right. Uh, whatever. They win, though, and they are moving on to the quarterfinals. The Badgers lose 63-61 to Purdue. This was at the Kohl Center. This was a game that uh, I thought the Badgers had a few chances to win. And it just seemed like they couldn't get that one last shot to go down. They couldn't get that one last break. Uh, Purdue fouls up three. Badgers get a couple of field goals, uh, free throws rather. And then from there, uh, that was it. So Badgers lose. They're, you know, they've been one of these last teams in or first four out for a while now. And I don't know. I don't know how good that looks. For them, they've got another game coming up. The Badgers do uh, a big one, and that'll be coming up on Sunday at Minnesota. Minnesota in a crazy game themselves. Badgers got to win that one. I mean, they're running out of chances, and then the Big Ten tournament. So Badgers lose. Uh, I actually thought they were going to win that one tonight. They were plus 155 on the money line. Thought they were going to win. Milwaukee was actually an underdog too, and I don't understand why. They were better seated over Wright State. Uh, they they were at home. I, I you know Wright State had beaten them, but I don't understand why. Milwaukee's next game, I do have it here, is on Monday. And if you've wanted to watch Milwaukee for most of the season, you've had to watch them on ESPN Plus. They will be on ESPN two, ESPN two eight thirty. On Monday night, 8.30 on Monday night, ESPN2, number two seed in Milwaukee against number three seed Cleveland State. And if they win, they will play Tuesday at 6. So that would be the championship game for the Horizon League, and that's how you get in via the Horizon League. You uh, have to win your tournament pretty much. And if a team goes 23-1, and Losing the Horizon League final, okay, maybe they get an at-large. But it's not for certain. Really, the way to get in is to win the Horizon. And Milwaukee, one of four teams left to do it. They've got Cleveland State. That game is right after Youngstown State and Northern Kentucky. These games are going to take place 
in Indianapolis Monday and Tuesday. So if any diehard Panther fans want to make the trek, God, I should almost try to do that. Man. Uh, so again, 8.30 Monday night, those games in Indianapolis at the Farmers Coliseum. Uh, Bucks with a couple of moves. It looks like they're going to sign Goran Dragic. Remember, he tried to murder a bunch of Bucks a few years ago. And it looked like the Bucks were going to get him last year. They didn't. He goes to the Nets. The Nets wave Javon Carter. We get Javon Carter. And now we'll get Dragic. I don't know if Dragic is going to play that much. Uh, just kind of more depth insurance. You know, the Bucks have been adding. I, I, I don't know if it's because they played that, that game against Boston where their, their bench played so well against us that we're trying to reinforce our bench. I mean, I don't think Dragic is going to play much, if at all. This might be a Jeff Teague situation. But it looks like he'll be a buck. That'll free up the spot or cover the spot freed up by Mamu's releasing. And then the uh, the Bucks have given another 10-day to Myers Leonard. So that looks like he'll be – I would expect him to be here for the long haul as well. So those were the games. Milwaukee wins, moves on, plays Monday. The Badgers lose to Purdue and are, are right there still on the bubble of the whole tournament thing. We'll see what happens on Sunday night. Do want to uh, go through some voicemails. We'll do all that in just a moment. Want to remind you guys about Happy Place Hemp and the promo code that I have for you there, BART, B-A-R-T. The promo code for Happy Place Hemp is BART. If you want to go to the physical location, you can do that. They're in Muskego. I'm going to stop in there today, actually. And so you can go there, um, tell them BART. Otherwise, if you do it online... Type in Bart online. That's very easy to do. Type in Bart online, you get 25% off. I did have uh, Matt let me know what he picked up. Got a couple of the full spectrum CBDs, got a couple of the, or one of the CBD CBNs, the nighttime ones, and uh, got, got some for his pet, the pet tincture. And he knocked off about 56 bucks off his bill. And the shipping's free as well. So that part of it is really great, too. It comes to your house discreetly. Again, if you're not sure, like, what gummy is best for you, they do have sampler packs. Otherwise, just shoot me a question. You know, I've been – I've used all of them at this point, and I can always ask Chris and Rob if you have any more questions. They've been very helpful in explaining, and I think, you know, some people have been using these for the first time. Me, I had not really used gummies too much, and now, I mean, I don't see – turning back the way they help me sleep and just it's a it's a nice alternative to some of the stuff i have been doing so happyplacehemp.com promo code is bart 25 percent off all of your orders again uh voicemails and we will have james herbert and that will all be coming up i think next maybe there's an ad here maybe there's not either way uh, it's a bart winkler show we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, tons of other things to get to, so let's get to those other things. Got some voicemails to play. I think we'll start there. Voicemails brought to you as always by Carl's Place, Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. They've got golf simulators. They've got different uh, accessories for those simulators, different accessories as well. I think I got to uh, I got to buy myself a Carl's Place sweatshirt or something or polo and rock it on the pod. That's not me telling Carl to send me one. Carl, I'll buy one. But, no, 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 no. Carl of ET.com backslash Bart. So a couple of voicemails. Uh, this, this one tickled my heart. I was talking about how much I love this podcast, and I was kind of sad that some of the old voices from the radio show I hadn't heard from in a while. Enter this call. Doug in Racine. 402-915-2278. Hey, Bart. Just wanted to, I heard your shout out, and I wanted to call in. It's Doug from Racine. Wanted to let you know, uh, still listening. I enjoy your show. Been enjoying the uh, national broadcast. I've been catching up on those, too. I don't, uh, I don't have anything but my phone, so I never know when you're on the air. And, uh, can't really call in and talk live. So I just wanted to give you a shout out. Say uh, Doug from Racine is listening to you and uh, enjoying what you got going on. Have a good day. Bye. That's great. That I mean, that's great. I always loved after a Packer game, uh, you would know like what time block. Like I could almost by what time it was know who was calling in before I saw 
whoever was producing put the name in there. And Doug was always like a 615 guy, right and bright and early in the morning, uh, get his take in, listen. So that's that's awesome. Uh, Doug, that really did make my day when I got your call the other day on the voicemail line. Also, always good to hear from this gentleman, John and Franklin. Yes, I'm still alive, still out there. It's been a minute. Touch on a couple couple topics. Bart, I'm hearing about your fear of fear of landing when you're on a plane. Let me tell you something. After you just descended from thirty three thousand feet, I mean, those wheels touching ground even at hundred and fifty miles an hour or whatever it is, is music to my ears. I think you're you got the solution, you already mentioned it. You know, the fact that you apparently don't indulge too much on vacation. You need a couple of drinks in the uh, overpriced airport or airport bar, a couple of captains for you, just enough to loosen you up a little bit, and you're going to be fine. This thing about blowing up on, t- on takeoff, dude, you're, not, you're in a plane. You're not in the space shuttle. Uh, anyway, um, the Bucks. We don't, talk a, we don't talk enough about the Bucks. I mean... Five years ago, I got on your radio station back in the day and talked about how blessed we were with with Giannis, with Yelich, and with Rogers. Two of the three of our heroes have pretty much collapsed, one worse than the other. Thank God we still got the one, and he he just keeps getting better. Loving Holiday, loving the Bucks team. Can't wait for the playoffs. And briefly. I've been a the defender of 12 for a long time. After hearing this flipping interview, I am done. I am done. Oh, uh, I'm getting a spam call right now, so. Okay, that's the problem when I play these voicemails off my phone. I've been getting a lot of spam lately, a lot from Appleton. And I pick up and no one says anything. So clearly they're tracking me. Whatever. He is making a mockery in a circus out of the legendary Packer franchise. And the fact that the, the leadership, all of them, are, is allowing this to happen, regardless of the corner they back themselves into, is ludicrous. Get some balls and call an end of this mess. Because I don't need to hear about how my quarterback takes a dump. I'm out. So, John, referring to the Aubrey Marcus podcast, who uh, Rodgers is now... I mean, I didn't know who he was. I only know who Aubrey Marcus is from the first time he went on Aubrey's podcast. And I guess he was dating some girl and now he's not. And now he's dating Mallory Edens or maybe he's not. Who knows? Uh, that's neither here nor there. But Rogers went on this darkness retreat and then, you know, wanted to talk about it. And all of that is fine, I suppose. I think, you know, the thing with Rogers is. For me, you know, it's like, when did you start to not like Rogers? You know, when did you start to, when did you start to, it's just, it's the, it's the same thing that happened with Favre. You enjoy this guy for so long. And then the back and forth every off season, like, I don't care if he needs to make up his mind, make up your mind. As long as it's not like way too late in the summer when they need to know. And I don't think he's going to do that, but make up your mind. I don't need to see how the meat is made, you know. I don't need how to see. I don't need to see the the work to the math problem. And it's not just when Rogers talks, you know. So Rogers is back in the news. 
And it's how I opened up the Zach Gelb show, or at least did a segment on it, of course. I'm the resident Rogers guy when I fill in on CBS, which I'll also be doing Friday night and Saturday evening. Saturday, I'll be doing it during Buck Sixers. I still uh, plan to do a YouTube after Buck Sixers. Oh, that's the plan. And then definitely one on Sunday night per uh, usual when the Bucks play the Wizards. So it's just there's 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 constantly everything. I mean, you turn on every channel. It's not even just, you know, sports channels this week. This darkness thing is so out of the ordinary that a lot of a lot of people were talking about it. And then Rogers, it's like we expected him to come out of the cave and have him say his decision. Well, no. Then we expected him to go on this podcast and announce his decision. So now it's every time he does talk, we have to wake up at five in the morning and have our beat writers, you know, scribe it down because this could be it. We just don't know. But then it's all the other stuff. It's reports coming from Las Vegas that they're not interested in Rodgers. Well, are they? Are they just trying to say that? It's reports coming from the Jets that, okay, why haven't they signed Derek Carr? You know, it's all this kind of stuff that's going to happen. It's just a lot. It's exhausting. And some of you love it. Some, some of you don't, some of you don't mind it. And I'm not even talking from a perspective of someone that uh, has been on the radio and now continues to do a podcast where Rogers is a topic of conversation. I'm talking as a fan. It is exhausting. I feel the same way when I did when Favre was here, it was exhausting. Five off seasons, will he or won't he? And it's the same kind of thing. And it's again, it is, I don't need a decision right away. I understand you want to take some time. This is a big decision, but I don't think there is a decision. Rodgers is not retiring. I don't believe it. He just talked about, I saw the clip, football's my life, and that's okay. So what's the decision? Why are we waiting on Rodgers for, this is, this is what I can't understand. Why are we waiting on Rodgers for the decision? The Packers need to make the decision. Get him out of here. Move on. You drafted Jordan Love for a reason. You like him. Play him. Play him. Otherwise, that's a wasted pick. It was a terrible pick. It was a terrible pick. You should have got Rodgers T. Higgins. You knew you didn't have much time left with Rodgers. You should have got him a weapon. It was a terrible pick. It's even going to be more terrible if you never end up playing the guy. You got to play him. And I think he can be good. I really think the fact that Rodgers wanted to play it out in 2022 is telling us that he thinks Rodgers would have stepped in and made this a lot easier. Because, again, with Favre, we knew Rodgers would step in and be okay. Minimum. With Love, we, like, don't know. We've never seen him. Rodgers had something to do with that. If their 4 and 80 was hurt, he should have sat down. Rodgers on the podcast. This is uh, translated or transcribed by Tyler Dunn. It's best for anybody who has an interest in this to make a decision sooner rather than later. I remember before Favre retired, uh, there were times in April and May we weren't sure if he's going to come back because he didn't do the program. Then one time he did retire. Then he said, no, 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 I want to play. Then he was traded to the Jets. There was a lot of tension. So a decision earlier is the best. I feel good about the conversations. Uh, I went into the dark. I took two nice shits. Paraphrasing. I just want this decision to be made. But again, I want the Packers to make the decision. Now, if Rodgers wants to come back, that's great. I tweeted this the other day. 
I've talked myself into being okay with Rodgers coming back as long as he understands he'll be in an open quarterback competition. And then I said, which he will lose. Okay. So I've obviously, you know, made, made a point there, but what is like, if Rodgers comes back, do you just hand him the job? If Rodgers comes back, is he automatically the starting quarterback? And a lot of you are going to say, yes. Uh, here's this one. D- Danner. Danner. Danner says, I guess my name's Bart. Danner says, yeah, the four-time NFL MVP will definitely lose to a quarterback who's played less than 50 snaps. Fucking idiot. Well, how'd he play last year? He sucked. Look at his stats in that run where he did not sit down. You tell me Jordan Love couldn't throw for 193 yards a game, throw one touchdown, throw one pick, and rely on the defense to win football games? You're telling me Jordan Love couldn't do that at the very least? I mean, at what point... You know, these MVPs, like, yeah, he, he used to be the greatest, uh, you know, boxer in the I, – I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I kind of do, but I don't – just because you did something one time doesn't mean you're good at it now. And and what's the what, – what are you scared of? Play it out. Let, let Love take first-team snaps, which he probably will anyway because Rodgers will come back but won't come back until – August 20th. I just want to move on. I, I, I don't think, I don't think a season with Rogers is going to be fun. Uh, Nick says, I mean, I know you're trying to troll people at this point. Do you take offense? If, when people unfollow, are you telling me you're going to unfollow me? Just do it then. And I'm not trying to troll people. I think if Rogers comes back, there should be a quarterback competition. Is that so bad? And maybe Rogers wins it on day one. All right. But at least, like, have the competition play it out. If the guy's going to come back, it's because he loves to compete, so compete in camp. World of Clowns says, how will he lose? Do you have inside information that the Packers are signing a starting quarterback to compete with him, or will they use practice squad talents to push him? Bro, I got inside information that Jordan Love is on this team. I got inside information that I've seen on TV where every time a teammate talks about Jordan Love, he, they go way farther than they needed to talk about how good they think he is. Brian Gudikins saying, yes, he came in with a different swagger. Brian Gudikins saying, we'll, we'll do what's best for it. Goody wants to move on from Rodgers so badly. And then there's, you know, there's always that game. It's the, well, if, if he looks desperate to get rid of him, they won't get as many picks. And if the Raiders are going to start saying like, now nah, we don't want him. And then they, you know, they're, they're all, they're all negotiating here. It's all negotiating. Even the Jets pretending to wait for Rodgers. They're just trying to drive Carr's number down. Uh, Dr. Esox says, I'm not okay with paying a clipboard carrying second stringer $60 million for a job I could do for $250,000. Yeah, I wouldn't be okay with it either. I think they need to trade him. But if they don't trade him, you got it. I mean, you, you drafted Jordan Love is four years now. And I don't, I don't see any, I don't see, I mean, he, he comes on these podcasts and he's talking about uh, Matt LaFleur and not liking being a game manager. Well, I don't know. I thought the offense looked pretty good when Jordan Love was a game manager in that offense. Bart, that's just nonsense. Uh God. Bart, you're an embarrassment. Okay, Skip Bayless or um, Bart Winkler. No, I'm not Skip Bayless. We'll talk about Skip in a second. 
Nothing about what I said is Skip Bayless. Agreed, Bort. That's pretty funny. When someone says my name is Bort or Bert, um, I pretend it doesn't bother me. I actually fucking hate it. I hate it. I mean, I just, I just think that's the lowest, laziest insult. But it works. I don't like when people call me Bort. Bort's kind of okay because Simpsons, and I guess that's funny. Bert, Bert, Bert pisses me off. Bert makes me want to harm you. Bort, LOL. Bert, my name is fucking Bart. I placed my orders at Culver's the other day. Culver's, their food is so good, but the drive-thru is awful. It's an awful experience. Because they pressure you. Hi, uh, I'd like, uh, I ordered for my wife and son and me. I said, hey, I'd like a uh, Culver's Deluxe. Will that be it? Uh, I'll get the meal with fries and a drink. Anything else? Yeah, I'll get another Culver's Deluxe meal. Anything else? Yeah, I'll get an ice cream for me. So make anything else? Yeah, yes. I mean, what do you... And it's every time I go to Culver's. And I even try to tell the guy this time, hey, I got a few things to order. Anything else? It's not just this one time. They always say, anything else? Anything else? Like, if you say, will that be all? That's nicer. All right, okay. Just say, okay. And then let the person in the line say, and it wasn't, you know, sometimes I go to this Culver's, the one on Capitol is always like 90 cars deep. It was 3.30 in the afternoon. No one's there. I got right in. Anything else? Anything else? Hey, hurry up. And the reason I mentioned this is because they're like, all right, what's the name for that order? And I said, Bart. And then I drive through and they go, is this the order for Dart? Dart? You heard my name is Dart? One time I ordered toppers over the phone in lacrosse. The name that they delivered it to was C-A-R-Z Winkler. They thought I said Cars Winkler. I lost track of the comments. Don't call me, don't call me Bert. God, I hate it. Um, all right. Actually, when I thought I was getting a spam call, it was actually a call into the voicemail line. So I guess I should have answered it live, but I did not have the call in my uh id i suppose so here's alex in muskego 402-915-b-a-r-t b-a-r-t on the carl's place voicemail line hey bart this is a wiener from muskego alex wiener long time listener first time caller just want to say i absolutely love your podcast I think you have some great sports takes, but I don't think you get credit for how funny you are. So um, you're hilarious. I appreciate appreciate the content. So keep it up. Calling about the Bucks. Huge Bucks fan. Try to watch every game if possible. And I'm very excited about our chances to win another championship this year. I love what I'm seeing from Drew Holiday. He's establishing himself as a legit number two star in this league. Um, I think he's established himself as the second best player on this team this season uh, and probably to continue on going. Um, he might be the two, the best two-way point guard in the NBA. 
I don't think there's anyone else offensively and defensively who's even close to him. I would say the best two-way player in the NBA, but I think that's Giannis. Um, so they have the best two-way power forward in the league and then the, the best two-way point guard in the league. So that's great. What I'm loving from Drew this year is he's being more and more aggressive to score. He's already shot more threes this year than he did all of last year, and he's shooting at 38%. Um, he can just bully you down low if the guard is small, um, or he's got that step back that's just cash. So Drew's looking great. The thing I'm watching for the rest of the season right now uh, is Middleton and just to see if his legs can get underneath him. It just doesn't seem like he's in playing shape, and I know his knee's bad, but I think that's what's causing him not to be able to play himself into playing shape. Um, you look at his percentages, they're pretty good across the board with the exception of his three-point percentages, down to 29% this year, uh, career 39% three-point shooter. His last game, he did shoot three for seven, 43%, so hopefully he's trending in the right direction. But I, I, th- I think as soon as you see Middleton start making more threes, you'll know he's getting closer to full health. Um, but, yeah, that's just what I wanted to call in. Super excited to watch the rest of the games this year uh, and keep listening to your podcast. Thanks for everything, Bart. Talk to you soon, hopefully. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for the call, Alex. Good to talk to you. Uh, or, you know, whatever. We're kind of talking. Um, Middleton did not play the other night, and I do see some people doing the level of concern thing. By the way, I tweeted uh, Giannis buying a stake in Nashville SC. And Jimmy Haslam, the Bucks' new owner, owns Columbus Crew. And I said, how big of a problem will this be? 414-799. And uh, it was clearly a joke. But my mentions are like calling me Bert again and shit. I'm not too concerned with the Middleton injury at this point. I know that it freaks people out when it looks like he's going to play and he's off the injury report and then they don't play him. I'm not too concerned about it yet. Uh, Because then he comes back and he plays. So if the Bucs are going to be like, hey, we're shutting him down for three weeks, I suppose I'd be concerned about that. But then that would just tell me he's going to come back in three weeks and then he's going to play in the playoffs. I I don't know. The way the Bucks have been playing, I start to wonder, like, what is the limit? How much do they need Middleton to beat the Celtics? I think that's an interesting question that we don't know the answer to. Do they need a full-strength, 40-minute-a-night Chris Middleton to beat the Celtics in a seven-game series? I don't think they do. I think they are deep enough. Can they beat him if he just plays 20 minutes a game? Is it 15? Is it 10? Can they beat him without him? I know the Celtics, you know, almost beat us with their reserves, but the Bucks' reserves are better than they get credit for, too. They really are. And things, you know, they're, they're building, they, like the Jay Crowder edition was a good move. I'm glad they didn't trade Grayson. But it was a good move. Jay seemingly has more than I gave him credit for having. So that's good. And he's motivated. And that's the best part. He's motivated. He wants to win here. He's he's back in Milwaukee where he obviously played at Marquette. Uh, hashtag people forget. So I'm not, I don't know. I, 
I just feel like every time something happens, people are like rushing. And I got to remember the conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago with Grant and Paul is that a lot of these people online are kids. Giannis got hurt. People thought he was going to be out through the playoffs. Jimmy Haslam buys into the team. People think that the Bucks are going to be in uh, Portland or not Portland, Nashville the next day. You know, Middleton was going to play and then he did. And it's like Bucks Twitter were so rushed to think the worst thing possible as we're in the midst of a 16 game winning streak. We can't seem to find the right discussion to have about the Bucks. Like, I, I, I do think asking ourselves how much Middleton do they need to beat the Celtics could be a good exercise. You'd be a good conversation. You kind of highlight some of the strengths and weaknesses of the bench uh, and, and, and match up with the Celtics. And, you know, I think, I think you're probably going to need, I would say 20 would be the minimum. Can they beat the Celtics without Middleton? I would think, I'd say yes. They almost did last year. But I realistically think they will need Middleton. But it's a good conversation to have. Instead, you've got national media shitting on Giannis for unknown reasons. And then you've got our local people, fans, freaking out about every you know minor injury. It's just we never can settle. We want other national media to be like, he preys on us when we're freaking out because Mamu got cut. Or Jordan Wara put up 30 or whatever he did in Indiana. It's just we we can't ever seem to find the right, like, best discourse, the best conversation. We're always either pissed that we're not getting the attention or, or worrying about something else that's stupid. Uh, and that, you know, that brings me to the, to the daily show appearance that Giannis had, which, again, I just thought it was so – Charming and hilarious. And Hassan Minaj, it's Hassan Minaj. Min, shit. Uh, but he is, I think he's doing a great job filling in this week. Some of the hosts, not so good. Some of the hosts, decent. Uh, I think I think Hassan has been fantastic. It's been a real, I, I have been watching this. And he did a great bit where he quit Twitter uh, online. He quit Twitter on the show. Uh, and, and ripped on Twitter, and not because of Elon, but because of how we suck on Twitter, which we do. Uh, I just, I, I just think he's he's had a really strong week. So he had uh, Giannis on, and he wrote some jokes for Giannis, and tried to get him to say mean things, and you know, eventually he he did it. Uh, and he was starting to heap praise on how great these players were. So he does that. And then Skip Bayless takes it and they make a whole thing about how terrible Giannis is. How could he say this? How could he say that KD needs to needs to be more like him and and not ring chase? Do it your own way. Which I just think, you know, even for, for Shannon to be a part of that, it's like, how are you guys this stupid? So Minhaj responded to that, and I thought it was I thought it was really I thought it was a good response, and uh, this is from that. This was aired on the Daily Show's social channel. One of the lines, one of the lines you said was, inadvertently, he got through this line that I wrote for him, and he's like, KD, let's work out together so I can finally teach you to be strong enough to carry your own team. (laughs) Oh, no, no, why did 
did I say that? No, it was so adorable. Oh, KD, no, I love you, KD. Where's the camera? Yeah? Where's the camera? KD, yeah. you're one of the best scorers to ever play this game. I respect your game. You know, you've lead by example for 15 years. So you were I my hate this. You were my I favorite player growing up. I hate this. And Entertain me. I respect your game. But then Skip Bayless, this morning, just ripped out that little clip of Giannis going to camera and being like, KD, you need to get stronger so you can carry a team on your back. And then Skip's dumbass is like, see, that is so mean to Kevin Durant. Because we all know he has thin skin. I'm like, wait a second, Skip. Are you trying to big up Kevin Durant by talking shit about Kevin Durant? <laughs> we should be nicer to Kevin Durant because he's clearly a pansy who can't handle it. Like, what are you saying? And, and that's the thing. I'm only on day two of you know, doing this guest hosting thing, and that's the vexing thing I hate about being a part of the media. It's this clickbait, Instagram reels, TikTok media grift of like, oh, if I just snip out the right amount, oh, baby, I can ride the wave. <laughs> like, while you're on the train to work, I can get you mad. Like, oh, I can, ooh, feed that algorithm. Lord Algo, right? <laughs> And the shitty part is, is Skip is perpetuating the very same reason why professional athletes don't go on any of these shows. You know what I mean? They've created a dynamic where you gotta go full Darth Maul in order to be a former athlete that does media. You gotta go full Draymond Green, Kendrick Perkins, two camera, I'll be like, I'll kick you in the nuts. And the producers are like, yeah, more, do more of that or be a normal person, right? That's why all the athletes are like, you know, I'm just gonna just keep doing my thing and just completely ignore you guys. I don't know what to do, you know? You guys know who Skip Bayless is? If you don't know who Skip Bayless is, he's an old white man named Skip Bayless. That... <laughs> but I think um, if Skip really cares about the athletes and the sport, then I think if he's gonna benefit off the grift, then I think he should make a donation to the Charles Antetokounmpo Family Foundation. You gotta, you gotta cleanse those pockets, baby. And if you want to learn more about the Charles Hunter DeCumpo Family Foundation, I suggest you also donate money to that as well. It's an amazing um, organization. I'm so proud of Giannis and Thanasis. And uh, yeah, shout out to them. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, good plug to the Charles Adetokounmpo Foundation. The Adetokounmpo's also with a big week, as I mentioned earlier, he, Giannis, and his brothers have bought into Nashville SC, one of the clubs in MLS. This is quite the uh, list of players. So they've joined this ownership group. Also joining this week was Philip Forsberg, Admiral's legend. The ownership group also includes Reese Witherspoon and Derek Henry. So Giannis is part owner in the Brewers, uh, part owner in Nashville SC. You're seeing more athletes do this, which I think is good. And it's, you know, it's cool. And, you know, judging on the evaluations of these teams, like Rodgers, whatever Rodgers paid for the Bucks. Why is <laughs> let's say if Rodgers if Rodgers paid 5 million 
for the Bucks when they were valued at a billion dollars. Now they're valued at three point five billion. So now he's up to about seventeen point five million if he sells, which I don't think he will. Rogers has other investments. All these guys have other investments. If Rogers said I'll come back for twenty million dollars, I get, maybe that would change things. No, I just want him out of here. But anyway, these are great investments for these guys. Get in, get out. These the the sports properties. I don't know when the when the tide is going to turn, but it seems like they're great investments. Uh, I, I mean, I would love to. I well, I do. I do own the Packers. I forgot. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Got another voicemail here. This is from Corey. Do want to play that in a second? I also want to tell you guys. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's this place. <laughs> there's this place called Omaha Steaks, and they have a website, OmahaSteaks.com, and they are going to give you their meat for half price. It's their semi-annual sale, OmahaSteaks.com, half off their packages. They put all this meat together, they cut the price in half, and then you can get like you can get a package of boneless chicken breast and filet mignons and burgers and pork tenderloins and jumbo franks, like four items each, a couple other items in there. The tartlets, you can get that all. It's like 180 bucks after the 50%. And then use the code BART at checkout for another $30 off. So use the code BART. B-A-R-T. If you use the code BERT, it'll probably give it to Bert Kirshner or something. Actually, I am going to do that right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend to I'm gonna add an order. Here I'm adding the butcher's cut, the value freezer filler. So this has everything I just mentioned. I'm gonna view my cart. I'm going to see if the code BERT works. And if it does, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. Let's see. I just got to add this here. Continue to payment. And I, well, well I think I just, uh, I think I just ordered some meat. Okay. I guess I'm getting meat. No harm, no foul. I think I do need a little more fridge space. But I, I did just order meat. All right. I got to put the code in here. I actually can't find where to put the code. <laughs> what the hell? So, so, somewhere you put in the code. Let's just assume, Let's just assume it doesn't work. The code Bert. The code Bart works. You'll get to it eventually. Do I have to sign in? <laughs> oh Christ! Anyway, once you figure it out, the code Bart does give you thirty dollars off. Uh, teacher Tom can confirm that. Oh boy, what a disaster! But the meat's good. Oh, okay. Here's the uh, voicemail from Corey. Corey wants to know my thoughts on my favorite league in the world. Hey, Bart, this is Corey and Tosa calling. Uh, I just wanted to check in with you and see what you thought about the XFL in week two. Uh, 
watching some of these games, I mean, it's it's inevitable. Just Otto needs to get going on their sports book because you can just make a fortune on betting the under. Uh, even when it looks like it could go over, like this Houston Arlington game that just wrapped up, uh, it's still still stuck in the under uh, at 39. But I mean, it's rare that games even go over 30, 32, maybe. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at this and thinking about the 2020 season. I think 2020 seemed more exciting. Uh, just watching these games, I know that they kind of got this going. There wasn't a preseason. They only had a few weeks to, to really get together as a team. So maybe drawing up plays and, and learning playbooks and things has been a little bit difficult. But uh, I, there's really just not like a face yet. Uh, maybe... A.J. McCarron, maybe uh, Derek King uh, of the Defenders and then of the, the Battlehawks. Um, you know, but, I mean, A.J. McCarron's had two comeback drives, so that kind of gives him a little bit of a, of a leg up. But also, I, I think people just need to remember that this is still minor league football, and it, it is going to be what it is. So you're going to see quarterbacks coming in and out and, and switching up and um, you know, everybody's playing to be like the, the quote unquote 54th guy to become the, to get onto the roster for the NFL. But just kind of want to see what your thoughts were on, uh, on this week two. Um, and I don't know, I, some things are better than others. And, um, hopefully, uh, these, these games improve and we'll go from there. All right. Have a good one. Hope you had a good vacation. Hey, thanks, Corey. The uh, XFL Week 1 was very good. Caught some of XFL Week 2, and it was very bad. The one game in Vegas, they play this in a baseball stadium that was transformed into a football stadium. Tim Shea texts me. He's like, I'm watching this game. Are they playing in someone's backyard? It's like the funniest thing Tim ever told me, and it was via text, wasted. Uh, So I'm hoping for a good weekend. One game on Saturday night, three games on Sunday, so you can watch some football on Sunday like you're used to. The thing that the XFL, and some of the announcers do it worse than others, they are, like, it's cool that there's a betting aspect to it. Like, hey, on the screen it says what the spread is. Hey, it says the over-under. That's fine. But the announcers spend way too much time being like, oh, so the over is 37 and it's 3 nothing right now? Not good for you guys that have the over. So do you think we should put money on it? Well, if you think that they'll score a lot of points, then you want to place the over on it. If you don't like that, like, like let's embrace gambling. Let's not embarrass ourselves about it. You know, I don't, I, I just, the broadcast crews are not great. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, just a couple things about my trip. I did go, the the part that I think is, you know, relevant is that I did go to spring training game. It was my first time ever going to spring training game. The ballpark is nice. It's nice to be in that kind of ballpark. The Northwoods League-like feel, maybe a Timber Rattlers-like feel, a Milkman-like feel. But the thing that makes it so cool is you're that close, it's that intimate, and it is the Brewers. You know, nothing against the minor league teams, but it's the Brewers. It, it's the Brewers. I'm, I'm watching the Brewers, in a ballpark where there's, like, seats for 4,000 people. We did have pretty nice seats behind home plate. Uh, again, I I was like, do I have to buy tickets online? At, at one point, I thought it was sold out, only because it was Brewers-Cubs. And Cubs fans, you know, 
Like, I'm already annoyed with Cubs fans because they have to go everywhere. And they show up to these things. Kudos to, like, the people trying to tailgate. Like, people were tailgating. It's a pretty nice day. People aren't tailgating for a spring training game. Kudos to that. So we got in, walked around, went to the toy store. Uh, my son bought a Bernie Brewer, and he loves – like, that's going to be his connection to the Brewers. That's why team mascots are so valuable. Um, and the Packers should bring back Packy or whatever that guy's name was. Like, team mascots really help. The part of the games that my son loves watching the most in the NFL is like if we see the Jaguars and the Jaguar guys under the end zone, if there's an extra point and they miss and he puts his hands in his head or the Eagles in the Super Bowl had their eagle. Like he makes me rewind it a hundred times. Mascots are big. That's the way you bring in uh, baseball fans, mascots, not the pitch clock, which is going to be fine. And they're working out the kinks and we will all like it. I don't want shorter games. I am still sort of divided on the pitch clock. Let me tell you this, because I hate that there's a clock in baseball and we are seeing it impact these games. Like, oh my God, a strike three when it's a six, six game. We saw that, but they do have a whole month to work out the Kings and it is spring training. I haven't seen, are they using a pitch clock in the world baseball classic? I don't know, but I'm very excited about the world baseball classic games are going to be at weird times late at night. Cause there's games in uh, Japan. I think, and a bunch are in Arizona, so we could have gone to one of those. Had we gone later, that would have been neat to go to Chase Field. Miller Park's, uh, you know, unwanted cousin with AC. I just don't like that there's clocks in baseball. And also, the three hours, the three hours, watching a baseball game for three hours doesn't bother me. I don't need a game to go 220. I'm not a sports writer. I don't hate the fact that I'm there. I need the game to entertain me. And I like, and and especially if you go to the games, like if you're watching on TV, two hour, 20 minute game, fine. But if you're at the game, if the games are going to be shorter, then shouldn't my tickets be less expensive? And teams are going to lose money on this. That's maybe one less round of beers that your group's going to buy. Teams are going to lose concessions are going to lose money on this. And the brewers already can close their concessions. Like as soon as, fucking possible so teams will end up losing money on the games being quicker is what may happen and especially again if i'm at the game i don't want the game to be shortened also in the playoffs you know in the playoffs when they take a lot of time that just builds that builds the tension i don't need that to be rushed i don't know i again i don't like the means to get there i i wish they would just be like all right, guys, don't take as long. And, and, and all players will be like, okay. But we have to introduce a pitch clock. And, you know, that's where, we, that's where we've lent ourselves to. Uh, another promotion, I am going to get my website out there. Thanks to the guys at Sun Ant Interactive. Sun Ant Interactive. Um, this will actually happen within the next, within, I would say, days. It will be live within days. Just got to touch up a few things uh, and, and actually add content to it, but then it will be live and that'll be exciting. And then also hoping to go live after Buck Sixers planning on doing that as well. All right, let's close this out with a bang again. I did Zach Gelb last night. I'm going to do it again tonight. Some of the highlights from my Zach Gelb appearance 
were uh, I I totally took the I think Rogers should be in a quarterback competition with Jordan Love take to CBS Sports Radio. I definitely did it, and I'm proud of it. Uh, I think people just listened and said, "Okay, that guy's either dumb or sure." Uh, they didn't attack me on Twitter as I continue to get attacked from all angles. Got another insult here since I last uh, read through him. Oh, I get it now. You played soccer, LOL. That's a very good one. I'm, I mean, fuck, I'm dead. Just dead. Uh, bury me. Spread my ashes. I'm dead. James Herbert is on Twitter at Outside the NBA. Works for CBS Sports. Covers the NBA. And we talked, I, I'm, I'm very interested. You know, I there was a John Hollinger article earlier in the week with the athletic that said there's three title contenders, truly three teams that can win Boston, Milwaukee, and the nuggets. And I'm on this anti nuggets crusade. And so I'm taking the nuggets out and putting Phoenix in. Now there's probably, I'd, I'd say, I'd say Boston, Milwaukee nuggets and Phoenix are the four that people will agree on. I'll still throw the warriors in there. Cause with Steph, they've got the medal. They've done it. So you never know. Then I might add Philly in there, but I, I think we're destined for a Milwaukee-Boston finals, and that's what we want. So I talked to James a little bit about the West, the East, and then the MVP conversation and why I don't think it should go to Nikola Jokic, and it got a little fun at the end. The Suns, though, I they, it's been one game, and they played Charlotte. But my my whole point when guys get traded to a to a place is – the Suns aren't just getting Kevin Durant. They are getting Kevin Durant to help others. They're getting Kevin Durant to help Chris Paul. Chris Paul doesn't need to take 15 shots a game anymore. Devin Booker's going to have more opportunities to create and some more space. So not only are they getting the player, but they're also getting you know, the other players the ability to step up and be the best version of themselves and play the role that they have to play. So I know that maybe Chris Paul is aging and in getting up there and not having as good of a season as we're used to. But when it comes to the West, I do like Phoenix and I do like them over Denver because I am going to take the, the power of Kevin Durant and what he's going to do for the, this team that's been to the finals two years ago over Denver, who the, when they made the Western conference finals, it was the bubble and that doesn't count. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I live in Brooklyn and you know, a couple of years ago, I really thought the Nets, if they had stayed healthy, like they were going to run away with the championship. Um, when they had Harden and Durant and Kyrie Irving, they were just completely unstoppable. Like their offense at the time, what they put up in the regular season was the best in NBA history. And that was with like hardly ever having all three of those guys actually available and playing in the same games. Um, at, at the start of the playoffs, uh, that sort of continued. It looked like there was really no way to slow that offense down and defensively they're you know kind of okay average they were bought in they were trying and it seemed like that was the formula um in phoenix like we're gonna have to see it right like i i I want to see kind of what that rotation looks like i think compared to that next team um they're not quite as deep necessarily i think there are some questions um about the spacing um in terms of like who is going to be that fifth guy um, are they going to close games with Torrey Craig? Is he going to make enough threes to keep the defense kind of, you know, respecting him just, just a little bit? If he doesn't, does that matter? Maybe it doesn't matter because Durant and Booker can just make contested shots anyway. 
and and that's all right. Like they didn't always have perfect spacing. Um, the the super team in Brooklyn when that was at at its height. Um, so we'll we'll see how everything comes together on that end defensively. I have some questions. Um, they probably got a little bit worse on the defensive end with that trade. Not because KD is a bad defender; he's an awesome defender. I thought he was on track to make maybe all NBA um, on the defensive end with how he was playing at the beginning of the year before he got hurt. But it's different what he does. Like he is more of a rim protector as just like a shutdown perimeter defender type like Mikael Bridges is as good as it gets. Um, TJ Warren um, might be a bit of a step down as a defender when you compare him to Cam Johnson, who they also lost in that trade. And they had a little bit of a hole all year because Jay Crowder was never suiting up for them this season. And he was a big part of their defense over the past few years with, with that old group. Um, so I, I think they might very well have the best offense in the entire league. Um, I, I want to kind of see that though. I want to see how it all comes together and what kind of flow that those guys can establish. They're all really talented players. They all will attract a lot of individual attention and should be able to make each other better and all of that. But I think honestly, the, the thing that makes them um, so great in my eyes now is that they can just always have either Durant or Booker on the court at all times. Like that, That's surely how they're going to operate now. And that's just a lot to deal with over the course of a seven-game series. I want to see how the defense comes together. I want to see how all the pieces kind of fit and who Monty Williams ends up trusting in the rotation. But I'm pretty bullish about what they sort of can do if it does come together in the right way. Talking with James Herbert. I'm Bart Winkler and for Zach Gelb tonight, CBS Sports Radio. You can find him with CBS Sports at Outside the NBA on Twitter. The the Bucs and the Celtics. So it is kind of interesting. They played a game a couple of weeks ago. And the Celtics took the Bucks to overtime without really any of their starters. Uh, I think they had Robert Williams in there that might have been it, and he didn't really play much in that game. So the Bucks win, okay. And what they realize is, yeah, the Celtics are already very good, but then like guys five through eleven are also very good. Since then, the Bucks have been the team to bring Myers Leonard back into the NBA. It looks like they're going to be the team to land Goran Dragic. And again, I don't know how much these guys are going to play, but they did add Jay Crowder as well. I think a series between these teams, it it just, it's it's like 51-49, man. I, I think that's got to be a seven-game series, and it's going to be like one weird or really great play made in game three or game four that tilts that series. I, 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 don't, I don't know that there's a big edge right now between either team. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope we get to see it. it. I mean, it looks like in all likelihood they will be one, two, in the East, we'll, we'll see what, what happens from there. But I wrote a story, sheesh, like it was like right before Middleton um, came back um, for the Bucks and made his season debut, I think maybe a quarter of the way through the season. I sort of wrote a story about what their seasons were going, like how they were going so far, and the fact it seemed like they were on a collision course. And their stories are a little bit different, right? Like Boston um, started out on an absolute tear. Like they nobody could stop them. Like they were making every three. They were taking a ton of threes. Um, Missoula seemed like he was going to win coach of the year in a landslide and they were winning virtually every night. It's been a little bit like less consistent since then, but they've still been one of the best teams in the league, um, all year long. And they're a little bit more balanced than they were at the beginning of the year where they look like they are, I mean, at least at their best, they are an amazing offense and an amazing defense. Like what, really I think defines them is like they can just they can spread the floor whenever they want but they can play big or small they can play any kind of lineup and they can play lineups where there's just no defensive weak link 
to pick on whatsoever. And what they have done compared to last year, they've gotten deeper. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is the big addition, but they have some other like little moves they've made around the edges. The latest one being Mike Mascala um, at the trade deadline and sort of changes the way their rotation looks. But I think more than anything, like their offense is just different. Like they, they have tilted it um, a little bit toward creating three point shots. And I think just guys have really bought into I mean, partially in a sort of a reaction to how they lost last year in the finals, they bought into this idea of moving the ball, getting off of it really quickly. If a double team comes, just lots of drive and kicks, a real emphasis on spacing the floor properly. And they played some like really beautiful basketball this season in the offensive end, which they did at times last year. But I think at times in the playoffs like that, it, that all kind of um, fell apart and that particularly fell apart in the finals against the Warriors when their legs were a little bit tired and things were starting to get harder. Um, the Bucks will be trying to, like, if they end up beating the Celtics, I think the story will be that they once again, like, made it harder for them and they made it ugly. Like, they've been doing that all year long. They've been a dominant defense, even in this run um, over the past month. Like, they did not lose a game in February. Like, they were doing that mostly with defense. The offense was better. Um, I think at times you're getting closer to that sort of ball movement and like fun, wide open style um, that, that they want to play. Joe Ingles has helped this season in that respect for, for sure. I mean, their half court offense has been way better um, when he's been on the court, but what they really do is they make the game ugly and then they can, you know, get their points in transition. They can get their points with Giannis just sort of bullying people um, and having his way with guys and being dominant that way um so it's a little bit of a contrast in styles but honestly like they're they're both pretty good like on both ends of the court right now um and a lot of it will be about who was healthier who was kind of peaking at the right time and who can kind of take advantage of like the little things in the matchup like that right like who has the little edges in terms of matchups in terms of like creating advantages in terms of like which guy can like you know stay on the floor and make enough shots like it's grant williams in their series Last year in Game 7, that makes all those open threes when the Bucks decide to just leave them open. That ends up ending their season. It could be something like that again in a matchup that projects to be as good as that again this year. One more for you, and the setup to this might be longer than it needs to be, but I do want to make a couple points with this because when it comes to you know these different sports, some things matter in some sports that don't matter in others as much. In baseball, if you are caught with PEDs, your career's over. You're never going to the Hall of Fame. You suck. You're a cheater. Other sports guys do PEDs. Nobody cares. Uh, with the NBA, there's MVPs named in every league, but when the in the NBA, it, it seems to have a bigger historical meaning, and it takes on more context. And growing up, I feel like I, this is kind of anecdotal, and I could do some more research on, on what these guys were like in their third possible year of winning three MVPs in a row, which has not been done since Larry Bird in the mid-80s. But I always felt like it was just common knowledge that more guys got MVPs than they really needed to or deserved. Because Jordan could have got the MVP every year. Okay, let's give it to Carl Malone one year. You know, Jordan could have got the MVP a bunch of different years. Well, now it could be Shaq or Tim Duncan. Well, let's give it to KG. Uh, LeBron could have got it every year. Let's Okay, Kevin Durant should get one. I feel like if the MVP race was decided on how it was when I was growing up, the voters would say, all right, Jokic has won two. Giannis is right up there. We've given him two. And Embiid would win this thing because he's right in there. That's how I feel like the voting used to be. There was always, let's not give a guy a third in a row. 
And there was always, let's make sure that the, the guys in their era are represented in this voting historically. I just don't know that I agree with Nikola Jokic being the first guy to win three MVPs in a row since Larry Bird. I think that, you know, offensively you can throw all the different stats that have been made up in the last five years. I think it should be Giannis because of his impact on both. But I think Embiid's right in that mix, too. I would like to see one of those guys win instead of Jokic. Where are you on the MVP race? We're in different places, my friend. Um, I, think I, know. There's, I know. There's a very strong Jokic camp. And if I'm doing anything with my fill-in spots here, I'm trying to, I'm trying to infiltrate that camp. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if, if that is how they did it in the past, is they just kind of looked at what happened in previous seasons and decided, well, like, it doesn't matter what this guy does. Like, it doesn't matter if he's the best player this year. Like, we're going to give it to someone else. Like, that's wrong. Like, that might be what happened. Um, there have definitely been some MVP, like, choices uh, in the past, whether it's, like, when I was growing up watching basketball as a fan or since I've been covering the league that, like, I flat out disagreed with. Um, and some part of the reason when I do disagree is because I, I think that kind of thing shouldn't matter. Like, it shouldn't be about narratives. It shouldn't be about... What happened the previous? I just I, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm gonna interject because I'm rude. What happened to the playoffs? I think it should be about who had the best season. I know I'm gonna interject because I'm rude, but we so historically, Michael Jordan never got his third in a row. They didn't do it to LeBron. They didn't mm-hmm. do it for Steph. We're gonna mm-hmm. break the rule for Jokic. Well, it's not Jokic's fault. Like, why does he get punished? Like, if he has the best season, he should be the MVP and. By the way, like you mentioned, stats that have been made up in the past five years. Look at, like, just points, rebounds, and assists. Look at field goal percentage. Look at the most basic stats that are in no way advanced. Just look at, like, what he has done on, like, per game, like, raw stats that, like, you don't need to go on basketball reference for. And his numbers are absolutely crazy. And, like, all of those stats basically tell the same story that the advanced numbers do. And I, I don't think it's, like wild to say you think Embiid is the MVP. I don't think it's wild to say that Giannis is the MVP. They both have had MVP caliber seasons. They've been amazing. They were amazing last year too, but like I personally, like last year and this year, I look at those and I stack them up with what Jokic is doing and like it's Jokic is number one, not by a mile, but Jokic is number one. So I, I would just still pick him regardless of what happened last year because I don't think that should matter. I'll give you one. I'll give you one I test reason why it shouldn't be Jokic because mm-hmm. in the NBA all-star draft, he had to get up out of his chair and put himself on a team. So he wasn't drafted last among the starters. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I know that that happened. It was funny. I don't see how that's relevant to the MVP discussion, but like I, we disagree there. That's all right. Uh, hey, good stuff. Uh, thanks for uh, chopping it up with me a little bit. James, appreciate you. We'll talk again. No problem. Have a good night. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, I'm going to end it here. I I did want to – I have a real fun topic I want to do someday. If money wasn't an object, what would you buy in sports? I think that would be – I think I could get a good three hours of that. God, that would be so good. Entertaining, riveting. If money wasn't an object, what would you buy in sports? Someone should do that on the radio. Or just have a segment called Name Something in Sports. Pretty much the same thing. 
Saturday night, I am hoping to do a post game show with the Sixers. I will definitely be on Sunday after Bucks and Badgers. Oh, and I did. I forgot this. I, I meant to say this earlier. There will be an evil Mark Murphy next week that I promise. I was going to do it on today's pod, but then I looked at the website Packers.com, a new Q&A for Murphy. That's what we used for those segments I used to do on the radio. Comes out every first Saturday of the month. Well, that would be tomorrow. So I'll get the new column and I'll put it on a podcast next week. The issue with doing it before was uh, I couldn't find the music. Well, I found the music. So I will do an evil Mark Murphy at some point coming up in the uh, coming days. For those of you, Austin once paid a YouTube tip, which I appreciate. And I appreciate him calling into Gelb show the other night, but I promised him I would do it. And then I never did. I don't know if he still wants it or even cares, but for you evil Mark Murphy fans, we will get one. And I do need to do a Barnack yet. The Bucks play the Kings in a couple weeks. I'd like to talk to Rami pretty soon. Maybe I'll drum something up uh, there. You guys have a good weekend. We'll talk throughout. Bar Winkler Show.